brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. A sailor travels to many lands, any place he pleases, and he always remembers to wash his hands so he don't get no diseases. <laughs> That's so pleasant. Yeah, well, you know, wash your hands. Okay. Has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. No. We're going to talk about surround sound. Indeed we are. Actually, we're going to talk about the the effect of surround sound. Surround sound itself is kind of a, I mean, the the term came from Dolby, but uh, the concept goes back much further. Yes, indeed it does. So, I mean... It's a pretty simple concept. The idea of surround sound is that you want to create sound in a uh, in, uh, using recorded sound. You want to be able to play that recorded sound back in a way that sounds like you know you're in the center of all the stuff that's going on. That you know you've got a you've got sounds coming from various directions around you, so it feels more immersive. Yeah, if you've ever been to the movie theater watching a movie where things are, you know, someone walks off screen and it, it, you know, you get the idea that they're behind you because you can hear their boots crunching on the gravel from coming from a speaker behind your head, and you go, "Wow, that was really cool." That was that was essentially surround sound. Yeah, so uh, we're we're mainly going to focus on surround sound um, in the home theater environment, not in the movie theater. We're, we are going to do a a movies and sound. Podcast. They'll be part of our movie making technology series. Uh, so don't worry, we will get into that. And the the two are related to one another, but we're mainly focusing on uh, like if you wanted to set up your own home theater and and what sort of options do you have and you know what was the progress of surround sound? Yeah. No, well, of course, surround sound actually started in the movies. Um, sure. The first the first one I could find uh, reference to was Fantasound. Which mm. was created by uh, a couple of Disney engineers for uh, the release of Fantasia. Yeah, um, but it was <laughs> it was a very manual process at that point. Basically, they had the track uh, playing through different speakers, two different speakers, and uh, what they would do would be to turn one down and the other up uh, manually, so under direction of somebody, so that it, it appeared to to uh, have the effect of moving across right. from one another. Because originally we're talking about monophonic sound. Mm-hmm. Mono meaning one. So you have one sound source, and all the sound is coming from that source. Now, you could have multiple speakers hooked up to a monophonic system, and it would just be that that same sound, the same, the exact same sound would be coming from each speaker at mm-hmm. the same intensity. Uh, so, you know, you, you could make yourself feel like you were in the center of sound by putting a series of monophonic stereo, uh, speakers around you, mm-hmm. but there'd be no differentiation there. It wouldn't be like you could hear the violins off on one side while the cellos are, are behind them and, and the, the brass section is to the other side, you wouldn't be able to get that differentiation. It would be the sound of the entire orchestra being all around you everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually I misspoke because uh, the, the article that I had found in the Journal of Society of Motion Picture Engineers by uh, William E. Garrity and J.N.A. Hawkins said that there was a center channel and two speakers, one on either side of the center. So what they would do would be to 
uh, change the uh, turn one up and the other down on the the side speakers. Oh, the, and the center, center speaker speakers. would would continuously play the, yeah. the the monophonic sound. Right, right, and right. So, so I manual- apologize for that, but um, I got it straight. <laughs> manually fading it in and out. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's not terribly, terribly different from what goes on now, but it's so much more sophisticated. Right, right. So after monophonic sound, we could talk quickly about stereophonic sound. Yeah, that'd now, be good. That's the concept where you divide the sound up into multiple channels, and then you direct uh, the the channels to specific speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we generally think of this as, uh, as, as being a, a two-speaker system, but Technically, stereophonic can refer to more than just two. Oh, sure. It's just that you know, in the common vernacular, when you say stereo, you think of two speakers. So generally, a left and a right speaker. This is the kind of sound system that works really well with headphones. Yes. So that you uh, record certain sounds on the left channel and certain sounds on the right channel, or you mix them so that certain sounds only kind of come across on the left or the right. Um, and by doing that, you can give the sort of the illusion that you are in the middle of whatever it is that's making the sound. The the example everyone always uses is is orchestras. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you think about it, this, it's it's easy enough to say, all right, well this would be like if you were standing directly in front of the orchestra. Because if you were there, you would be able to hear that the you know, all the music is coming from the orchestra in front of you, but different parts of the orchestra are generating that sound at different times. So you would hear like the violins would sound like they were off to one side and the brass would sound like it's on the other side. Um so the the goal of stereo was to try and recreate that sensation as accurately as possible when you're playing it back yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty simple and a, a pretty simple concept, right? You're sending one set of signals to the left speaker and one set of signals to the right speaker, and both may be playing some sounds at the same time, but they'll also be playing sounds that are unique to that particular speaker. That's true. Surround sound get, does that and makes it way more complicated. Yeah, I think I think I would throw in my uh, my my pet research project here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's a good bridging. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about material. that as we were, which is sort of what I was mulling over. Yeah. Um, one of the things I told Jonathan I wanted to talk about was quadraphonic sound. Yeah. Um, which I had always heard about um, growing up in the seventies and eighties, but never really had the opportunity to experience. And it's very hard to experience now. But it was uh, just because people don't use it really anymore. But um, quadraphonic sound, if you've ever heard of it, it, it is, uh, as you would expect with the prefix quad, uh, a four-channel version um, with left front, right front, left rear and right rear speakers. Um, and this it was sort of an, an early 70s project. A lot of the, uh, the high-fidelity type uh, audio manufacturers came out with equipment that would support it. Um, you would see eight-track tapes, uh, vinyl records, and uh, reel-to-reel. Uh, audio tape with you know recordings in in quadraphonic format, um, and it pretty much works very in very very similar ways to uh, to stereo sound. the The problem I think probably was judging from my research was that it required special equipment. Yeah, the eight tracks that had it were formatted differently. Um, they had only one side uh, with fewer programs rather than two sides. Um, and uh you know to to play a a vinyl record you had to have a, a special stylus because the grooves were cut a little differently to support the different channels right since you have four discrete channels of audio going mm-hmm. to four different uh, you know each channel is going to a different speaker um 
the of course here the idea is that the listener would be in the center of this the square that's mm-hmm. made by the four speakers, and that uh, through managing the levels of each speaker and the the types of sound that are coming through each speaker, you could create a, you know a soundscape if you want to you know that that's mm-hmm. a pretty common term term soundscaping where you're trying to create a, a particular experience through sound to make it very immersive and uh, and and. You know, audiophiles are always looking for the a really immersive and really um, um, well true to life yeah. playback option because yeah. you want you want it to sound at least if you're an audiophile you want it to sound as close to as if you were actually there when the sound was being generated as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the system also re- required a special demodulator too, um, especially if you were going to play. Both uh, stereophonic, well, monophonic, stereophonic, and quadraphonic records on the same system. Um, you know, it, it really was kind of equipment intensive. Um, then there was another format of quadraphonic sound, uh, compact discrete four or CD four, not to be confused at all with the compact disc format. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it was a one of those things where it was a format war. JVC was uh, was behind this, and they uh, apparently a lot of people really liked it uh, or really, really hated it, depending on whom you ask. Um, but they were incom- incompatible formats, and I think uh, the cost of the equipment and the the mess with all the different formats kind of, you know, caused the uh, the whole quadraphonic thing to fade away. And then, of course, we got into, uh, as, as we moved into the 1980s, we got into CDs, and, you know, people weren't making CDs to, to work with quadraphonic sound anymore, so it just disappeared. Yeah. Um, I mean, audiophiles will probably still cry out and say, hey, I still have my quadraphonic system and it's awesome because they're very proud of them. I mean, they do. There are a lot of people who still have them out yeah, there, but yeah. you had to find the equipment that actually still works is the right. problem because yeah. no one's manufacturing it right the, now. The equipment and the the you know, the stuff to play on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if someone they, is manufacturing it, they're probably a very small manufacturer. Right. So, so true quadraphonic sound is you have four audio channels yes. and you have four speakers and mm-hmm. so you've got it's it's four it's called four 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 because it's it's it stays four discrete channels through the whole yeah um, the whole process uh, you can also achieve quadraphonic sound and some quadraphonic systems were able to do this by getting four lines of information out of two mm-hmm. lines of information right uh, this gets really Kind of a uh, kind of confusing, but it, that's called like the four two four processing system. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. So you start off with four different um, uh, channels. You compress that down into two lines of information, and then you have a decoder that brings it back up to four. And uh, I'll see if I can explain this in a way that makes sense. It's hard to do when you don't have a, a visual to go with it. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe at some point um, uh, we'll do uh, some sort of video where we'll talk about this. But if you do find this confusing, uh, we have some great articles on the site on both how movie sound works and how surround sound works where you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Uh, so with a 424 system, you have four the, the four different – Kinds of informa- information are the the sounds that are unique to your left speaker. This mm-hmm. is again in a in like a uh, a regular uh, surround sound system. 
You have the information that is only going to the right speaker. Mm-hmm. You have the information that's going to both, and then you have the information that's only going to the surround speaker. So this would normally be a speaker that's to your left, a speaker to, that's to your right, and a speaker that's behind you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and the way that they get the the last two to work, uh, it all depends on whether or not the signals are in phase or out of phase with each other. Mm-hmm. So. Left and right is easy, right? Because you're just sending the information to one speaker or the other speaker. Sending it to both is also easy. You send both both uh, speakers the same information, or both sides the same information at the same time. So if you were to look at the waves, like the sound waves, they would match up perfectly. It would be the same amplitude and same frequency. Mm-hmm. To do the surround sound, what they do is to so that you don't get the sound from the front speakers, the ones that are in front of you, and you want to just get the ones that are around you, uh, you put them out of phase. And by saying out of phase, that what that means is that when you have the peak of uh, the sound wave from one speaker, it matches the trough of the sound wave of the other speaker. So it's opposite. Exactly. It's opposite. So while one is peaking, the other one is a trough. And this is important. This this relates to how the speaker itself moves. There's a speaker cone in your speaker that vibrates. Mm-hmm. That vibration is what generates the sound you hear. Which is also kind of amazing. We'll have to do a, a podcast just about speakers at one point to talk sure. about how a little vibrating speaker cone can generate all the different sounds you hear when you listen to any pre-recorded stuff or actually any broadcast stuff. Anything that's coming over a speaker, I mean, it's, it's this little vibrating film that's generating that sound. Right. So anyway, the uh, uh, when it's out of phase like that, the two sound waves cancel each other out. So we don't really perceive them. Yeah, that's sort of, in a way, a little bit like uh, how noise-canceling headphones work. Yes, exactly. It's exactly the way noise-canceling headphones work in the sense that you want to be able to create a wave that matches but is out of phase with the the one that you're trying to dampen. Right. right. And so you get the dampened the dampened speakers. You don't hear the sound from. You do hear the sound from the surround sound speakers. Uh, and all it takes is encoding the these lines of information the right way so that the waves match up or don't match up and then when it's played back through whatever system you're using usually like a dvd system or whatever um there's a a decoder that takes those two lines of information and then decodes that into the four Mm -hmm. the four different streams um so that that's kind of that was kind of the next step and like i said some of the quadraphonic systems were able to do that they weren't just the four 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 discrete systems Mm -hmm. um those great little phase shifts, uh, I, I find that really fascinating. It also meant that if you had a left speaker and a right speaker and they were playing uh, the right frequencies, you would get an effect as if there were a speaker directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that, that we call that the phantom speaker because there's not a physical device that's generating that sound. It's just because of the way that the other two stereo uh, speakers are, are generating sound at the same time, it gives you the effect that there is a speaker there. Ah, okay. Well, see, that, that makes so much more sense now because I thought it was a, a speaker that could punch you so hard that it would leave an impression of its ring in your face. See, I thought it was a speaker that was supposed to be developed uh, to play all these different video games, but never actually came out. <laughs> and We're now, just making phantom jokes now. Yes, exactly. And someone's going to complain, because those are inside jokes. Not even inside jokes, really, folks. That's just reference. That's not even an inside joke. We're just making very obscure references. Uh, so... They, oh, that that four two four is a, an example of a, a matrixed 
system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The matrix are the the systems where the processing systems where you 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 combine uh, various lines of uh, of pro- channels into a one or two or however many discrete. Um, uh, uh, well, I guess discrete would be the wrong word because discrete would mean that you would have one per uh, one channel per yeah. per speaker. But it's when you combine these this lines of information that will later be decoded to become uh, to go to each individual speaker, so that you get that surround sound effect. Um, did you want to talk about the differences between things like 5.1, 6.1, 7.1, et cetera? Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's essentially the number of speakers, or actually the number of channels that you have. The first right. number is the, the number of regular channels, and the, uh, the second is the, uh, the number of, I guess, bass. Yeah, LFE, low-frequency um, channels. That's what's going to your subwoofer. Yeah. Yeah, and it sort of reminds me of uh, what a friend of mine used to call the earthquake speaker. Right. He used to uh, he used to go to a, a club that had one of the. It's, you you couldn't even tell it was on. It was this giant cube. It was one of those speakers that it was created for the movie Earthquake in the seventies. Wow. Its job was not to make a sound that you could hear. It was it, its job was to make a sound that you could feel that it made the feel the floor feel like it was shaking, but you couldn't hear anything coming out of it. It was just that the bass was. That low, right? It was beyond beyond the range of human hearing. Exactly. But yes, we can definitely sense it through, uh, like like you said, you could feel it. Yeah, that, and that, yeah, it's the same sort of thing that when you go see a movie where there's a big explosion and you feel it, you're feeling your chair rumble. That's that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah the, the five the five point yeah the uh, and that speaker the speakers in, in home theater systems are not nearly as uh, you know. Powerful as those used for the the yeah. movie theaters in your like average not, home theater system. Well, that's true. Because there Lord are knows few, there are a few crazy people out there who have some really powerful speaker systems and a whole lot of money to blow on them. Yeah, because we're talking like you know the tens of thousands of dollars for for yeah. these kind of speakers. But the kind that you would pick up at your uh, local electronics store for most people is uh, probably. These days, I would I would guess a five point one or seven point one. In which case, you've got um, the center speaker. Uh, in the case of five point one, two in the front and two on the side, or you know just behind you. Um, the seven speaker setup is a little more diverse. You've got a couple behind you, and maybe even a, I guess a rear a rear channel. There's a six point one too. Well, you yeah, just have okay. The single so- one behind you, and then the other one has the the two. So yeah, it's it's just basically dividing the number of channels up. And the more the more channels you've got, the more speakers you've got. So you you place them strategically around you to create that that sound, and then you just hook up the channels right, as right. indicated. And the strategically part is very important because the the sound has been designed for specific for it to come from a specific direction. Exactly. So like, in other words, with five point one, you couldn't just you know put the five no. speakers around you in no. any orientation. Yeah, you have to put them in a certain place if you want to achieve the desired effect. I suppose right. you could put them in in just random. In places and it would be kind of weird, but yeah, it, it wouldn't match it would... up to anything you were watching. No. Or now, if you're just listening to music, it might not make as big a difference. It just wouldn't give you the effect that was intended. Yeah. No. So five point one. Yeah, you've got the you've got your center channel. Mm-hmm. So that's that's usually in the movies. The center channel is where most of the dialogue comes from. Yeah. That's because, because it appears to be coming from the screen. Right. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where we just we've kind of trained ourselves that if we're looking at a person and they're talking, uh, the sound should pretty much come from. 
that direction. Yes. Um, it's only if a character is off screen and talking that we normally would hear that person speaking through a, one of the other speakers. Uh, the other, so that you've got, that's number one is your center channel. Then you've mm-hmm. got your front left and your front right. Right. Which are usually set, you know, obviously off to the side, to the left and right of the center channel. Um, then you have your rear left and your rear right audio, and uh, those would be behind the viewer or listener. Uh, so that's the five. You know, you've got one, two, three, four, five. The three in the front and two in the rear. Yeah. Uh, then you've got the, the point one would be the subwoofer. Uh, Six point one usually um, it it depends because. There's no set standard for surround sound. There are many companies that have come up with different surround sound um, uh, approaches. But in general, a 6.1 surround sound setup, there's usually an additional rear center speaker. Mm -hmm. And that's normally used specifically for sound effects. Right. So it's not, you know, that's to give you that more rich, immersive experience. But it never, it didn't really take off. Mm -hmm. Um, 6.1 just was one of those things where, you know, it just, it was it, it was almost people began to view it I guess as we would get this just because we can yeah and it never really um, took off in, at least in the home market seven point one does rearrange the the orientation a little bit yeah uh, so you've got instead of the additional rear speaker um, you've got additional speaker to your left and one to your right mm-hmm. so you've got you've got the three in front of you yes you've got one to your left one to your right like immediately to your left and right right and then, uh, and then uh, the two behind you right and so that's that's all seven right there uh, and that right now is pretty much the the top of the home theater system mm-hmm. but it's not People, of course, are not stopping there. I mean, well, why would they? But, uh, but yeah, that, that's usually what you would see in your local electronics store, uh, 5, 5.1 and, and 7.1 systems. Yeah, you might see some 6.1s too, but like I said, they didn't really take off very much. So usually you see you know, the 5.1 being the, the more uh, uh, popular is probably the wrong word, but just that's the one you're going to find the most often, I think. 7.1 mm-hmm. you'll find when you're looking at some of the uh, higher-end uh, sound systems. I'm sure there's some that are in the the more approachable, like low end market by now. But um, I haven't been in the market for home theater system in a long time, so I don't. I wouldn't really know. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to talk uh, just briefly about a, another experimental system. Okay. Which was uh, developed by Tomlinson Holman of TMH Labs, and uh, <laughs> uh, really, I wonder how they got their name. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was um, he was a guy who was behind the, the THX quality assurance standards. Oh, um, so yeah, THX. If you if you're familiar with THX sound, that's not actually a a sound recording or uh, uh, a playback method. Really, it's a set of standards that um, that any sort of system is supposed to meet in order to. It's almost like a certification. Like if you yes. if you meet certain requirements, then you can be THX certified. Uh, but he developed 10.2 surround sound. Wow. Yeah. So 10.2, uh, first of all, you got the point two, which right. tells you that you have two subwoofers. Do they go in different places? Yes. You have one on the left and one on the right. Wow. Okay. Which is pretty odd because usually most, most surround sound system designers will tell you it doesn't really matter where you put the subwoofer. Right, right. Because again, you're not yeah, hearing it, it. You're feeling it. So mm-hmm. as long as, as long as you, your subwoofer has sufficient power and the room it's in is not you know the wrong size. Like you don't want a little subwoofer in a huge room, right? Right. Um, as long as as long as it's a a, a 
a big enough subwoofer and it's getting enough power, it shouldn't matter where you put it because you should still feel the effect. Mm-hmm. We're not quite so sensitive that we can detect the origin of that rumbling <laughs> yeah. that we're feeling as we're watching you know, Bruce Willis run away from an explosion. Uh, but the 10.2 has two subwoofers, one on the left, one on the right. So uh, the idea being that if you do tune it just right, you should be able to experience that rumbling as it passes through the theater. So let's say you're watching a movie like Twister, and there's a tornado that's moving from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. If right. you timed it just right, you might be able to give you that feeling that, hey, there's something really huge coming from the left, and now it's moved over there to the right. Um I don't know. I've never experienced this particular system, so I can't tell you how effective it is. Uh, but then, let's see, they've got, you've got your three speakers in the front. So you've got your center, your left center, and your right center. Right. Then you have um, a, uh, a left and right speaker. Uh, then you've got three additional um, left and right speakers. So uh, these are the ones that are go- going around the back of you. Right. Right. And then you have an upper left and upper right speaker. Oh, okay. To give so you they're, they're... a sense of height. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. The goal here is to give you because we've got it. We've we've developed s- surround sound so that we get a pretty much a kind of a one hundred and eighty degree sound environment, right? Where it where we could theoretically have in a really good surround sound system have a character as if uh, this character were walking around us in a circle. Like we're staying s- stationary in the center and this character walks around us and delivers a speech. It would sound as if this character is actually walking around us, right? Right, because they're feeding the audio through the different channels. Right, and they're fading it out and bringing it up at just the right moment to create this illusion, this audio illusion. Right. Well, the 10.2 is, the the goal is to create a 360 degree soundscape around you. So now the character could go overhead and continue talking and it would sound to you as if the person was not only going around you but was going on over on top of you. So Superman, for example, could do a little slow fly over and speak to you and it would sound like he's going directly overhead. Um, that's the goal. I, again, I don't know how successful it was because I, uh, my invitation must have been lost. I didn't get to go to this uh, <laughs> this experiment. You know, it would be interesting to see what uh, what kind of stuff they do have at CES related to surround sound. I, you know, and I've sat through some surround sound uh, demonstrations at CES, but in in general, the CES stuff is really just another example of the technology we're already familiar with. It's just them fine-tuning it, making the speakers more powerful, uh, trying to create sounds more accurately so that there, there's a, a better precision to playing back sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really developing the the three-dimensional aspect as much as it is you know, making sure you're reproducing sound as accurately as possible. Mm-hmm. But that's the general concept behind surround sound. I mean, it, it really, like we said, when you get down to it, the idea behind it is pretty simple. You just want to create the right kind of sounds at the right kind of location to give you that immersive experience. But when you actually get around to trying to develop the technology to do it, uh, it gets really complicated. Mm-hmm. And and even though we've talked about 5.1, 6.1, 7.1, 10.2, all this stuff, as we said at the beginning, there are multiple ways of achieving this. Um, the way that Dolby does it is different from the way that Sony does it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. they, they all have the same 
uh, goal, and they all essentially use the same sort of speakers, but they they use different encoding methods and decoding methods. That's correct. Which is why if you are shopping for, say, a DVD player, uh, some DVD players will tell you that they can play uh, uh, Dolby Digital, but they can't. You know, they may not have anything on there about other. Uh, surround sound methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have support for multiple surround sound uh, technologies, which is good because different companies use different surround sound vendors. So, you know, you could buy two different um, DVDs, and one of them sounds amazing on your system, and the other one just sounds like regular mono to you almost, or stereo. Right. Um, really, uh, it's important to to look at the the model of whatever technology it is you're buying, whether it's a, a stereo system or a theater in a box or a DVD player, uh, the the decoder is the most important part of that um, of that system as far as surround sound is con- is concerned. Mm-hmm. Because you could have as many speakers as you want, but if you don't have the right decoder, you're not going to get that surround sound effect. Right, because otherwise, uh, you know, it's basically running traffic. Yeah. You know, to the different to the different channels. Yeah, it has to it has to be able to identify what sound goes where and when, um, which you know, it, again, we we tend to to imbue our technology with a little artificial intelligence, which is is misleading. But you know, it's it's just slightly better than me saying it's magic, <laughs> which I'm always tempted to do when I sit down here, just because it would make these podcasts go a lot faster, and I could get back to other stuff. Elves. Elves make it work. Yes. So anyway, that wraps up Surround Sound. If you guys have any comments or questions or you have suggestions for other uh, topics, like I said, we will be doing a movie sound Mm -hmm. podcast in the future to kind of uh, be a partner with this one as well as part of our movie making technology podcast. We'll even probably go into more detail about how Surround Sound came about in movie theaters and probably talk about Fantasia specifically. Yeah. Um, So keep an ear out for that. Uh (laughs) Ha-ha. And uh, did you have something else to add? No, I was going to say we probably, uh, I would imagine, get into a little bit more about uh, Dolby and, and uh, DTS and all that stuff then, too. Yeah, because yeah, because that... It really applies a lot more. Right. It all started in the movies them. and then migrated to home theater. So mm-hmm. if you guys are disappointed that I, we didn't go into more detail about Dolby or DTS, uh, well, we're we'll really looking at doing that for the movie sound. Actually, the movie sound may end up being two podcasts just because we'd have to talk about how they get the sound to match up with the movie as well as the various surround sound methods. But that's good. It just means that we have fewer topics that we have to brainstorm. Yes. And just we end up deciding which one, when we're going to get around to them. Right. By the way, the way we do that is through throwing darts. You probably guessed, but it's true. And we will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?